Hi, everybody, and welcome to Dublin Tech Talks, brought to you in association with Iconic County. Uh, on today's show, we have a great talk with Linda Tackery, who is director at Microsoft The Garage. Uh, the Garage is part of Microsoft's technology and research group. Uh, it's a community-based um, approach, embracing programs and offerings, facilitating a, a drive-hack culture and innovation and learning in Microsoft. Uh, Linda has over 20 years experience working within Microsoft, holding multiple key leadership positions throughout her career. Uh, in this talk, we're going to be discussing careers, interviews, uh, career guidance, uh, the hack culture that is in the garage, leadership, and really you, you'll get from Linda, she's a great passion uh, and such an enthusiastic person. Uh, I really hope you enjoy it. Um, looking forward to it myself. Welcome to Dublin Tech Talks. Linda, good to see you. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. So I, I've done a little bit of an intro. I've uh, told people you're, I, I didn't say you're a director of Awesome at the Garage, but uh, I, I like that on your LinkedIn. But um, do you want to just give people a bit of background about who you are and where you've come from? Yeah, you bet. So my name is Linda Thackeray. And as was mentioned, I'm director of the garage here in Dublin, Ireland. I, I moved here in the middle of a global pandemic, which, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure that I would recommend um, uh, people do a multi uh, country move in the middle of a pandemic. I would probably wouldn't do that again. But um, but yeah, so I've been here since May and I came out for the purpose of building out garage programming here in, in the Dublin, Ireland area. This is our first um, official garage space in all of Europe. And so super excited for, for what this is going to mean and, and for the programming and, and getting it all started and that kind of good stuff. Cool. So um, the garage is you know, it, it's the innovation space within Microsoft. So, you know, as, as the leader of that space or the ethos around that, you, were ta you talk about the hack culture and, and different things like that. What is, what is its fundamentals and, and what are you trying to bring out in people in the garage? Yeah, that, that's a great question. And I will say it, it is an innovation space. It's not the innovation. Like my innovation happens all over uh, the company. Um, in fact, and all, all the teams do. Uh, you just, you just don't stop as you walk out the double yeah, door. That's right. That's right. That's right. So so the garage actually uh, is a little bit of a different story uh, for Microsoft than, than people may be used to hearing about. It's a little bit of a different emphasis. So uh, back in 2014, when Satya Nadella became the CEO, uh, there was at that time a focus on our technology roadmap, right? There was a focus on creating and developing products and services that provide value for, for our customers. There, there was that focus at that time and there continues to be that focus today. And we love that and want to support that. But one of the things that we realized is that if we wanted to do even more, if we wanted our products and services to create even more value for our customers, um, that we were going to need to change our culture in a big way. And so that's, so the story really has two parts to it, right? So there's, there's a continued focus on our technology roadmap and building products and services that create value for our customers, but then also um, evolving our culture in order to really sustain and support that. That's what the garage is. So that's what we're here for. We're here to provide programming to provide um, uh, digital programming and in-person program. We've got a space that, that, enables that, enables that culture change, enables that um, new way of, of kind of thinking and, and growth mindset and all of these new things that, that Satya um, has really been uh, working to instill in us as employees. And so, so and, and the primary way that we do that, so there's a lot of programming that we do within the, within the garage, but our cornerstone activity 
In fact, everything else we do either contributes to or pulls from this one cornerstone activity, which is what we call growth hacking, which is you know, using hacking and hackathons as a means for culture change. It's an opportunity for Microsoft employees to get outside of their day job and take an idea that they're passionate about and move it forward in some way. And as a result of that, learn about growth mindset, you know, embracing new challenges. And if you're the project that they're working on fails, embracing failure is essential to learning. You know, it gives them the opportunity to work across organizational boundaries. It gives them the opportunity to, to get on diverse teams that they may not have the opportunity to do within their um, uh, within their day job. It just gives you that opportunity for all of that learning and that passion and all of that energy and all of that wrapped up, even if the project that they're working on fails miserably, all of that passion and energy taken back into the day job. That's how you create value. That's how you change culture. That's how you, you know, instill innovation uh, is through all of that. Brilliant. And like, it, it's great that you're actually doing it because you yeah. hear, you hear a lot of places, uh, in buzzword land that would say you know we're, we're changing culture and we're doing this and, and it does action does create change that's yes fundamental and yeah. um, that's right what was your thought when you were told this was going to happen with the, within the organization you're there a long time and um, what, what was your thoughts on that firstly and, and what was your experience of your first hackathon <laughs> yeah that, that's a great question so again back, back in 2014 when sati became the ceo um Hacking and hackathons was not a thing that we did at the company. It just yeah. it just wasn't a thing. And um, the executive team came to our my team and asked us to to put on a, a hackathon. And I was tapped on the shoulder to kind of figure this whole thing out. And I'll admit, I didn't think that that many people would come. Right. So we were tasked with figuring out how to create a company wide hackathon to replace the company meeting that we used to do uh, every year. So the company meeting went away, and we were going to do this this hackathon. And um, I, I had a team of about, I don't know, five, six, seven individuals. I can't remember exactly how many were there. And, and we thought maybe we would get 250 people worldwide to show up. <laughs> like that's what we were thinking. And so, um, and then, you know, as we were you know, doing touch bases with uh, the executive brands, they're like, no, no, you, yeah, I don't think you're understanding. We want the entire company to be able to participate in this. And so we set our sights a little bit bigger. We thought, well, maybe we'll get 500. Maybe we'll get 500 people to, um, to participate. So we put some systems in place and we opened it up for registration that first year and we had over 11,000 Microsoft employees sign up to participate in Hackathon that very first year, which sent a message right back to Satya's like that culture change that he was bringing that growth mindset that one Microsoft that making a difference that customer obsession that diversity inclusion. The company was ready for that for that um, that culture change at that time. And so that was back in 2014. We just recently did a big hackathon. We do the big one that happens once a year, but we also do smaller hacks throughout the year as well too. But the big hackathon, this last year, we had over 70,000 Microsoft employees participate in some way, whether they had an idea and took it forward or uh, you know, whether they signed up to be an expert or whether they just put an idea out there for somebody else to take forward or they you know, got involved in some way. And I, can I just tell you, I have loved to see uh, the innovation that has come out of that and the change that has come out of that as well, too, because we get this all the time, right? People come into the garage and they're like, you know, we see that, you know, uh, how do we become more innovative? I, I want to be more innovative. How do we do that? Or how do we make my company more innovative? I got to tell you, in however you choose to approach it, you just have to build more things, right? You have to build more stuff. 
And hacking and hackathons that we now is our, again, our cornerstone activity is part of the growth. That's a beautiful way to do that because that's really what it is at its core. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's taking an idea and moving it forward in some way. And so this last um, hackathon, we had uh, over 6,500 project ideas that were put out there. So there's all kinds of, you know, innovative ideas out there and, and being able to move those forward. So this is one of the things that I have seen, you know, from start you know, back in 2014, when we first started this till mm -hmm. now, it's just like, it is amazing. Uh, again, I talked about this, the passion and energy that comes out of that, but that, you know, Microsoft employees, people want to know that they work for a company where it's okay for them to have an idea, right? Yeah. And they more so want to work for a company where they're actually given the time and the energy at the time and the resource to actually do something with that idea and move it forward in some way. And so I have loved to see that culture shift that we've had as a result of just letting people do what, you know, giving people time to, to do something that they're passionate about outside of their day job. So I have loved seeing that. Um, uh, but again, at first I thought, yeah, nobody's going to come. <laughs> and now I'm like, I'm surprised that we don't have the entire company uh, participating just because it's, there's just so much that goes with that. Like the, 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 the change in Microsoft over the last six years, like it's very evident. You can see yeah. like product wise, direction wise, you know, purchasing, even the acquisitions they've done over the last while, like it's been quite strategic. And um, is that allowing like, Come back to the fundamentals of what the, the the ethos is around the hack culture and opening up leadership and has has that been internally driven or is that a is that an internal kind of want to be better and bigger is that what's driving the innovation? Uh, you know, I think I think it's mul multiple things, right? Um, but it, but I do believe it has contributed uh, mm. in a big way uh, because, like I said before, it's we're giving people the opportunity to actually do something that they're passionate about. And, yeah. and one of the things that I, I will say that we do that's a little bit different, I think, from, from the way other companies may do hacking and hackathons, like we don't have any rules. Like we don't have any rules. If you want to, you know, if you want to work on something that's uh, strategically relevant to Microsoft and move it forward in some way, that's fantastic. You can do that, but you don't have to, right? If you want to, I, I use this analogy a lot and I, I need to change it because I've used it so many times. But like if you're passionate for puppies, you can hack for puppies. Like if you're passionate about a nonprofit, you know, a local nonprofit, you, you can hack for that as well, too. The interesting thing is it's been interesting, I think, especially for management to look and see like what like what are the employees? What are they interested in? You know, like what is the technology? Like where is the innovation from their standpoint rather than from, you know, the marketplace and things like that? And so I think that that has been helpful. But but again, we have such great leadership. Um, uh, you know, Satya's got such great vision. And so a lot of that has come from above as well, too. It, it's, it's, it's an interesting dynamic because I think it's like for once, like the whole company is kind of in it together, right? So you're yeah. getting innovation from below, you're getting innovation from above, you're getting innovation from, you know, the middle and kind of driving that all forward. So I think it's, it's multifaceted. I, I don't think it's any one thing. I think it's all of those things combined that are, that are helping to move that. And it's, it, you know, I've, I've worked in a few, in the, the, the one culture and everybody throws out that one word of like, what's yeah. like, what Microsoft is, you know, unless it's been lived or unless it's been driven from leadership, it gets lost very quickly. Uh, it seems to be, you know, lived and breathe um, within Microsoft at the moment, which is great. Yeah, um, it, it's they're very, very much supported by the senior leadership team. In fact, typically what happens is when we do this big, um, the one week hackathon that we do once a year, the senior leaders actually come in and go talk to hack teams. 
Yeah, that's brilliant. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It encourages people to do it then. You have that chance to show off your, your skills. and Absolutely, absolutely. The recognition part is still key to any leadership part any it doesn't matter what size or company our recognition is what what everybody craves isn't it so yeah it, it's interesting you say that because when we very first started because we thought you know we we want to have some way of judging and, and kind of percolating some of the good ideas up to the top and we thought initially that um that what people would want is money right so like if i if i if, you, if i pick you as the grand yeah. prize winner you know maybe you're going to want i don't know ten thousand dollars or something like that. i don't know making this up like that but one of the things that we, yeah, one of the things we found is like, that's not what they wanted. It's like, they want time with the executives. They want yeah. time with leadership. They want time to, to uh, talk about what their idea is and why they're passionate about. It. So that's, so that we run it that way as well too. So we do recognize projects at the end of every hackathon, but those winners, I would say in quotes, that, that's their prize is they actually get time with an executive that most closely aligns with what it is that they've worked on and can help them move that idea forward in some way. So. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. You do, you read all the research and money is usually third, fourth, fifth down yep. the line of, of yep. needs and wants. It's the recognition. It's, you know, it's time with people that are better than you and you, you try and sponge off as much as you can. That's what we try and do, isn't it? That's, that's, that's right. Like I even know from my experiences, you, you do try and talk to people in senior leadership positions to get knowledge and to understand you know that's yeah. that that that's a hundred percent and a last question on that because i i really like this idea around the hackathons yeah. what's the best is there anything that's come from them that we all that we oh. have a product or yes what's the best thing that never happened yeah oh well the, the best thing that never happened that's a great question i don't know about that but i can tell you what has happened so if, if you're ever bored and you want to go check out some of the greatest things that have come out of the, the hackathon over the years, if you go to microsoft.com garage, you can see we have a garage wall of fame that's out there that that um, shows a bunch of the projects. But, I'll, sh I'll share it in the comments. Yeah, please do. But my favorite one of all, there's I have two favorites. One, but my favorite one of all is the Xbox adaptive controller. This okay. It's a hack project that came out several years ago, but basically it's a controller that was developed to make gaming accessible to everyone, regardless yeah. of what you know limitations or challenges you may have. So I love that, um, yeah. uh, making making those things accessible. The other, the other, my other favorite one, uh, but I love them all, right? But the other favorite one is is the learning tools. So our, I think this was our very first hackathon winner back in 2014 which is this learning tool. So there's a learning ribbon and, and it started out as just technology being added to OneNote, which enables people with dyslexia to read better, right? Because it allows you to kind of like manipulate the way the words look on the page and there's other things added to it. That technology is now, uh, has grown into what it is today. So now there's the learning ribbon that, that you find and it's across all of our products. So yeah. you'll see it in all. That was a hack project. Um, yeah. I just love that kind of stuff. I, yeah. and, if memory serves, I think it, the, how that got started out was like uh, the person whose idea that came from son was dyslexic and it just kind of grew from there into something now that everybody uh, uses. So yeah, that's, that's brilliant. Like that, yeah. that's as an organization, that's what you aspire for is like, like, yes, there's a, there's an economic value on that, but the, the person's that did that, their personal value is now massive themselves. It's brilliant. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, no, I love that. That's there you go. Made me smile there for the afternoon. Yeah, good, good. So, uh, Linda, we we first yeah. talked. You were doing the um, the Wits leadership event within technology. And yes. 
it was it was a really interesting talk and the more we talked and one of the things you mentioned in there was around the your, your career advice and then I've, I've looked at a few other videos and, and it's something you're quite quite au fait at and quite comfortable in so um I'd love to hear more about um, you mentioned in the in the wits uh, talk around there's the the six tips you give around career. Yeah. Um, I, I really want to delve into that more because especially now more than ever, uh, as a recruiter looking to get people, and I do a lot in the talent acquisition space. Yeah. It's it's so important for companies on the retention side, not even just on the attraction side. So I'd love to hear your kind of thoughts on that and. And as a leader in a business, your 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 thoughts on where things are at the moment in relation to technology, um, diversity within workforces, and what else can be done. So, I'm a very loaded question there. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I, I so well, you may have mentioned this. I've, so I've been at the company since August third, nineteen ninety eight, is when I started. Um, and I have a little bit of a, a non-traditional background when it comes to uh, you know, high tech, right? So you know, I think most, most of the people that I work with went to university and studied some kind of technical degree, whether it's software engineering or um, uh, DevOps or whatever it may be, or data analytics, that kind of thing. My, my background is actually in political science. And um, I... It, it, you know, I've, I've had people ask me a lot of times, like, can, can people who are not, um, who don't come out of non-tech university uh, studies be successful in the high, in the high tech industry? And I, I'm like, absolutely. I like, I'm, I'm living proof of that. I'm like, I'm not, I don't have, you know, I don't code or anything like that, but I think that I've still been able to be um, successful to some degree, but there have been some hiccups, right? So, I, you know, I wish that I could say that my career was just like, doo, 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 you know, super easy. Oh, it's two uh, years know. on. I need to move up a level. Time to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's just like, it doesn't work that way. Right. Um, but, but I have, you know, there, there, I think there are six tips and I can talk through really quickly what those six are and, and, and maybe give you some, maybe some color commentary in terms of how I came to that, uh, those, those uh, six tips, but so so that's what I'll do. So let me just kind of talk a little bit of that. My my first tip that I that I give out, and that is that, like, and I learned this in a big way. It's like you own your career. So when I first started at Microsoft, this was back in the day when everyone had their own offices, and I got hired on, and I we went into my office, and I shut the door, and 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 I just kind of waited for things to happen, right? And so and I don't think I went out and talked to anybody for at least the first couple of weeks that I that I lived there, or that I lived there that I that I worked there. Um, but it, it, one of the things that I just realized is, is like, if, if I'm, if I'm going to do anything with this role and if I'm going to be successful in this role, I actually have to be the one to own that. So, and the, so the sooner I got to the determinations, like I own my success and I own my failures, like I own my career. What that enabled me to do then was, was kind of open up possibilities. So I, I then started branching out a little more. And started, you know, getting to know more about what was going on around me. And I, I also key in here uh, a term called systems level thinking, right? So everyone that has a job actually sits within a system. And nothing happens in a, in, sorry, nothing happens in a vacuum, right? It's like you're, you sit within a system and there's people that are dependent on you and you're dependent on others. And the more you know about what that system is, who those key players are, who those key influencers are, the more that enables you to kind of drive your career forward. And so 
Yeah, that that's number one tip I would say most important is like you got to figure out and come to that realization that you own your career. And like, and again, I own my career and the successes that I'm going to have and the failures that I have, yeah. I, I own that. So take, taking ownership of that, I think is, is number one. My second tip um, that I have is that you gotta, you gotta be you, right? So one of the things that I found is like when I first, again, when I first started at Microsoft, I think I'd been at the company for I don't know, 11 months or so. So I, I started in as a program manager. And then from there, I kind of moved up into a, into a manager role. And I was doing, taking some manager training. And this was back in the, the late 90s, early 2000s. And like uh, personality tests were like all the rage, right? So you would go and you would find out what colors you are and what your communication styles are. And and, and the, one of the big ones at the time was this thing called Myers-Briggs. Some, some of you yeah. may be aware of this. And so I was in this training and we took this Myers-Briggs training. And um, uh, one of the things, so as part of this training, we walked in and they had this the Myers-Briggs you know, grid up there and they had plotted on this grid where all of Microsoft executives were. And interestingly enough, they were you know, 70% at the time, this, it's different now, but at the time, 70% of all Microsoft executives fell into like one category that was INTJ. So that, yeah. that's what that was. So we came in and they hadn't told us how we had done on this, this thing yet. And um, they handed everything out and then they had us open it up and read, you know, what we were and then go put our own sticker on this board and go put our sticker on this board. And I was the only one in the entire group that was the exact polar opposite of 70% of Microsoft executives. I was ESFP. And I think it was so shocking to even the instructors that they kind of pulled me aside and were like, um, I don't you think know, you should be working here. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it's not the right thing for you. Are you sure? And I have to say that I struggled with that for several years because yeah. I kept thinking like, oh, I can't be me. I got I got to be somebody else. I got to be this INTJ. I need to figure out what that is. Because if I'm going to be successful, I got to figure this out. Finally, I just, I just like, it was ex freaking exhausting. It was exhausting. Yeah. And so I, I was reading a book once called um, Eat That Frog by Brian Tracy. And one of the quotes in this uh, book is basically, in fact, I, I think I have it here. One of the quotes he says in there is like, you got to leverage your special talents, determine exactly what it is that you are very good at doing or could be very good at and throw your whole heart in doing those things very, very well. Yeah. And so I really took that part. I'm like, so finally I came to this revelation. I'm like, I gotta be me. Like I have strengths. There's a reason why I got hired on. There's a reason why I'm still here. I got to figure out what those strengths are. And I got to leverage the hell out of those strengths. More importantly, I need to find leaders that I can report to that understand what those strengths are and put me into situations that allow me to leverage those strengths for the betterment of the group. Right. And so um, that was a big aha for me. It's just like, I, I'm, and then of course your energy to like goes through the roof, right? Cause you're doing things that you're, you're passionate about. You're doing things that you're actually good at. Yeah. And uh, it just makes, you know, your work life just so much more uh, worthwhile. But yeah, if that you, was you, it again, second thing's got to you. Yeah. You said something there, which is actually very um, apt. The it, It's exhausting not being you. Exhausting. You know, and more than that, more times now than ever people are tired just doing their day job yes and i think the, the good thing maybe in the last two or three years companies have 
allowed people to be more themselves and the the stereotypical maybe not tech companies but non-tech banking type companies where people nearly were uniformed that type of thing is is gone and allowing people to express and there's clear correlation in 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 output and just people being happier when they're allowed to be themselves like we're not all perfect we've all made mistakes point number three linda yeah point so point number three okay so my point number three is career tip number three is you got to develop your soft skills right you got it your your tech skills are only going to take you so far um you know what's super important is being able to communicate being able to connect with others having a good you know uh, being able to team well so being team oriented collaboration skills you know your integrity attention to detail these kinds of things and these things are not only going to be beneficial for you in your work life but also in your in all aspects of your life as well too so developing your soft skills is super important yeah and people find that difficult that is you know I won't lie, our cameras stopped and we had this conversation when yeah. our cameras weren't working. Um, it is like it, there is a deterioration in that. So it is something that people have to work on. It's what yeah. companies want. Like I'm, I can't tell people enough of that when I'm prepping them for interview or when I'm talking to them. You have to be able to tell a story. Yeah. It's not just, yes, I can do that. It's tell me a story. I, I'm interviewing at the moment and I'm asking people, what, what do they, how do they have fun even? And they're going, oh, well, yeah. I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, my it, over. It, it's so important, and it and it's um because you have uh, to live with these people for forty hours a week. I know, I know, and this is what I so I I, I used to run an internship program, and these this some of the things that we used to talk about with interns is like when you're in the office, like practice. It's like it's it's actually okay to practice, practice mm-hmm. you know communicating, practice you know be having attention to detail, and just kind of learn as as, as you go. But yeah, that, that's mm-hmm. super important. All right, so tip, I think we're on tip number four now, number which four, is yeah, yeah. You, you got to be willing to take risks. You got to be open. You got to be willing to try new things. I so one of the something that Microsoft does, which is I really love, is we do these things called informationals, right? And basically, what that is, it's kind of a try before you buy. It's like if you're interested in a in a role, you can actually schedule an informational with somebody in that role and then learn about what that role is. And, and I, I'm big into that, right? I'm big into like trying new things. Cause I like, I, I thought at some point because I was political science major, I'm like, that was going to be my plan. Like that was going to be my life. I was going to be, you know, I was from, I'm from California. So I was going to be the governor of California. And then I was going to, you know, eventually become the president of the United States. I was totally, my plan was politics. Right. But I had no idea that I would find so much passion in the tech industry. I mean, I ended up in the tech industry. That's a, a, a different story. Uh, for another time, but like, I never would have known if I hadn't been open. And if I hadn't taken that risk of applying for a job in an industry that I was completely not prepared for, I wouldn't be here today. And, and I even still do that today as well, too. I'm always kind of like looking and interested about, wow, what you're doing is like super interesting. I want to learn more about that. And some of the things that I've learned about are, are things that I want, I want to learn more about. And other things are like, nope, that's, that's not for me. And I, I move on to other things, but I never would have known that if I hadn't been yeah. you know, open to taking risks and that can be scary, but, but it, it, it'll, it'll be worth it in the end. Okay. Uh, and then tip number five is you got to connect, right? You got to connect. So I, I had a CVP once or a, a corporate vice president once we, we had gone through this reorg and we got moved underneath this, uh, this corporate uh, VP. And one of my first interactions with him, um, 
uh, we, we sat down and he said, you know, for, for everyone on my team, I want to encourage you to have more than 500 connections on LinkedIn. <laughs> okay. I thought it was crazy. I thought it was Looney Tunes because I could not understand the value of what that would do for me. And I think at the time I had like 30 connections on LinkedIn. I was like, I was not doing anything out there. I dare you. Yeah. He, and he goes, I, exactly. And he goes, no, I, I want you to have more than 500. And I, and I, well, I'm like, okay, fine. Well, you're my CVP. So I, I guess I'm going to, I'm going to try to do this. And so I was out there and I was like, I was connected with anybody and everybody, right? I was just like sending all these things, you know, out to try to connect with people. I have to say that has been one of the best things I have done from a career standpoint. I would have been able to make connections out there that have led me to other opportunities. Even, even when I was just getting ready to move out here to Ireland, you know, uh, I was still, I was stuck uh, because I couldn't travel because of the pandemic. They were waiting to try to get me over here. And I, I made some connections with some people on LinkedIn that, that, the, you know, those connections are actually going to lead to collaborations um, and have led to collaborations since coming here. And so it's just like, I have to, you know, so tip number five is, is you, you got to be willing to connect with those around you in some way, because you never know the person sitting next to you today could be your boss tomorrow or could introduce you to your next partner or could, you know, influence something in some way or create some kind of partnership that's not only going to benefit you, but your company. And so I would say uh, tip number five is you, you got to connect, you got to connect, you got to connect. Okay, my last tip, and then, and then I'll shut up. And that is, um, you got to stay curious, right? You, you got to be curious. Like what, what's relevant today is irrelevant tomorrow. You got to stay up on what's happening in the industry and what's happening with people around you, what's happening in the world. You know, stay curious about, about what's going on because, you know, the more that you learn and the more that you're able to engage with the things that are around you, um, you know, the better, the better things are going to You have to have an opinion. And, and you got to have an opinion. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Like, like I'm listening. I'm, I've listed them all down here and I'm going like, you know, it's so simple. Yeah. Yes. People find that so difficult. And, you know, a couple of higher managers I work with, they go, I just want people to have an opinion. They might yeah. be the best in the world at what they do, but if they can tell me this is the way they're doing it because. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. You know, yes. that's, at least I can have an argument that way. You know, yes. you, can, you know, yeah, yes. And one of the things I'm always telling my team here is, is like when we go into meetings and things like that, and we, we talk about, you know, what's the agenda going to be? I'm like, but you got to go in with a point of view. Like you should go in with a point of view, be open to discussing, but at least have a point of view going into the meeting so that, you know, you're not wishy-washy and, you know, that kind of thing. Anyway, so yes, it's super important. Yeah. And, and the other thing about the connections part, and, and yeah. obviously super, super into that. Yeah. Um, like that's one of the reasons we started tech talks and, yeah. you know, it's, it's to talk to people. It's to get to know what's going like, I I'm a failed computer applications graduate after six weeks, I realized that that wasn't going to be my future, but yeah. you know, just I'm into tech. So like you, you can work and this is the thing we'll come back to STEM. Like that's one thing that strikes me like tech isn't coding like that's yeah. only a percentage of the of the industry it's, yes. it's getting smaller as well with like no code coming in and all this kind of like code in one stage i think will be automated at one level and you know that's a massive cost save obviously for a lot of organizations but yeah there's so much of it like of technology is is like programmed it's product it's 
design, it's marketing, selling, everything in that. It, 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 that to me, that's technology and it's 90, 90% not coding. Yep, yep, yep. And, and that's the being curious, you know, getting connected, talking to people, all yeah. that is so interconnected. Yeah. Um, why do you feel that's getting lost then? What, what's the, the lack of people understanding that as a, is, is, is it been sold wrong? Is it been like, our, you know, everybody thinks tech is, you know, the CEOs of these businesses or what is the, what's the thoughts do you think on that? You know, that, that's a great question. And I, I don't, I don't have an answer for you um, uh, other than it, it feels like people have, uh, like they have this, you know, direction that they're going to go in. And it, it, and like, this is the path I'm going to take without being kind of open to what's going on around yeah. that. I think that that might be part of it. Um, that, uh, like I'll go be super honest with you. When I was in school, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I don't think I changed majors a few times. I mean, like I didn't really know going into college what that was going to be. And so, you know, it was, it was based on kind of trial and error on my part during that time period to kind of figure some of these other things out. Um, uh, I, I'm 15 years in technology recruitment. I'm a part owner of a business. I yes. still don't know what I want to do. Okay. That is so true. So I, I was just in an interview yesterday, um, by the way, because we're hiring a bunch of people here in, in Dublin. And so I was, I was conducting some interviews and I always, I always say like, well, what, what's your career tra trajectory? And I always preface it by saying, I, you know, I hate this question myself because I don't know myself what I want to do still. And I've been in this industry for, you know, 20, Two, 23 years, you know, where do I want to be in five years? I don't know. Um, uh, but, you know, uh, it's, it, it feels like, you know, th th these, um, uh, you know, the young people that are coming out now, they're like, they're very driven about, you know, how, where they, where they want to go and, and where they want to get to, which I think is, is, is great. Um, uh, I think it will take more leaders like um, Whitney Hurd, the Bumble CEO, like she's not really, like she's tech, but again, she's marketing. She's yes. just saw a product and, and, and was able to make it a, a viable business. You know, yeah. you know, she was involved in two very successful businesses. And there's other people within you know, like that ecosystem that are tech entrepreneurs that aren't, that hopefully will push yeah. you know, the, the balance a bit more because, you know, the wits work we've been doing, the talk, you know, it's still very much, you know, can we, what can we do to, you know, there's very little action, personally, I feel that there needs to be more action rather than kind of reaction and, and talking. There's lots happening. I'm not saying there isn't. It's just, yeah. I think more kind of flag bearers within, you know, to be able for people to aspire to. We, we had one yesterday and if, if you can't see it, you can't believe it. So there needs yeah. to be visible female leaders within organizations to, to aspire. Very, very good point. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah. I would just leave it now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's me done for the year. I'm off. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, no, I won't take much more of your time, Linda. Um, just in general, you, you've been in Ireland now 12 months. Yeah. Um, companies are coming here, obviously, for, for a reason. Um, you're hiring now at the moment. You're, you're, you're seeing what the ecosystem is. Yeah. Um, can you give an outsider's view of the why and maybe a non-judgmental look on, on, on kind of what we do well and what we don't do well? 
Well, that's a great question. Uh, in terms of the what, first of all, I have to say, even since coming, I've I've done quite a bit of interviewing um, of people, and I just am amazed at the talent. There's just so much talent here, um, and so I, you know, obviously that's got to be part of it. I mean, I don't I don't profess to know the the strategic reason why you know certain yeah, yeah. things are happening, but. You know, I, I have been I have been unbelievably impressed with just the caliber of talent that that is here and available, and there's so much of it, right? And so I so I, I see that um, I, I there's there's definitely some uh, some benefits there um, from that standpoint. And what was your second question? I've already forgotten. Just kind of what 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 you've you've, you've you're here twelve months. I know you haven't seen yeah. much country. Um, yeah from your bedroom window. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> no, just what, you know, what, what, what do you feel is good here and what can be done better or just even in general, because it's great seeing, because, you know, we're pretty much embedded in, in what we do. We all pat each other on the back and we ignore the stuff that we don't want to look at. Um, you know, as, as an industry and technology, you know, what's good here, do you think? Yeah, I, well, like I said, I, I think that there's, I think there's a lot of talent here. One of the other things too that has struck me in a big way is just how open. Um, uh, I, I work with the engineering leadership team here as well too, and just just the the amount of drive to do good, uh, to do social good, not just internal to Microsoft, but also for the ecosystem as well too. Is like how do we establish. You know, how do we become a driving force in helping the ecosystem within which we are as well, too? I have loved that. Um, uh, yeah, I, I would just say I have been I've been very impressed with. Um, I, I know I've said this before, and I'll say it again, just the caliber of the people that are, that are here and just the openness and willingness to kind of help one another, to support one another and to be there for one another has been so good. Uh, I have felt support, you know, even though I've been, you know, in my uh, apartment this entire time, I think I've, I think I've met maybe a handful of people in person since I got here, which is a bit of a bummer. But even then, you know, I still have felt very supported. I've still felt very um, welcomed. Um, and, and I have felt that I fit in, you know, immediately. Yeah. That's one of the things that's always a challenge. We're like, am I going to feel like I'm fitting in here? And, and I have not had an issue with that whatsoever. So the hospitality and just the, the drive to do good, the drive to do, you know, the best to continue to doing good things. Um, that I think that has been one of the things that has struck me has been so good uh, about coming here is that. Oh, brilliant. It's been, it's been, it's been lovely speaking with you, Linda. I must say it's been a, you're, you're a breath of fresh air. It's oh, great. Thank it's, you. Uh, but um, you, you, the last thing you mentioned, you're hiring. I'll, I'll put all that in the in the comments section. Um, yeah. I'll put in the, the garage um, results as well. But uh, I'm guessing if anybody's interested, they can reach out, you know, and, and say hello or uh, yes. reach out to the garage. Yes. If you go to careers.microsoft.com, I mean, Microsoft is hiring like crazy right now. And so, and I know you're, the, you're, you're the annoyance of a lot of small companies going here. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I know. And, but, and, and I just tell you, and now's a good time. Now's a good time to get in. I mean, I just, the culture is great. You know, we've got all these good things that we're doing. And so, yeah. yeah no, it's great. Uh, Linda, director of our senior director now, isn't it? Uh, yes. Thank Garrett. you. Congratulations on your promotion. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but uh, Linda Thackeray, Senior Director of The Garage, thanks, Mill, for your time and uh, enjoy Ireland when we open up a bit more. Thank you. Thank you for having me.
So that was the wonderful Linda Tackery for the senior director of The Garage. Uh, such a, a great personality, um, somebody that you could talk to for, for a good while. Um, some really interesting topics there just around what she looks for uh, in people and, and the direction that Microsoft is going um, from, from where it was to where it's going under, under leadership. It's a real example of how strong leaders within an organization can change um, a culture. Um, anything else? As always, we'll, we'll have try and get some more content to you, but please subscribe. I hope you enjoy. Um, and as always, thanks, Mill, to everybody that listens. Speak to you soon. Thank you.